to Mystical Millennial, a podcast about the musings of a self-proclaimed glamour witch and her friends. Grab a drink and join me, V, for a magical chat. Welcome to episode four, and it's October Witches! I saw this great video that I shared on my Instagram, but I'll definitely share again. And this drag queen goes, welcome back, you spooky bitch. And that's a whole mood and everything I'm feeling about October. I'm going to introduce my guest and potions master, my personal knight of cups, my husband, Patrick. Mm. What's the matter? What's going on? Feeling good. You're feeling good. <laughs> I'm so happy I made this cocktail. You invented a cocktail. I invented it. And if somebody else invented it, I didn't know. I did it myself. This is not an intellectual property thing. Even though I followed this cool new account called Witchcraft Cocktails. Mm. Very cool. But we don't have that book. So this is mm. this is a Patrick original. Made a cocktail today. You know, I figured it was time. Make something original. Make something fresh. Make something that tastes like fall. Because this is a fall episode, right? Mm. Don't tell me what's in it. I'm going to taste it. All right, do it. I made yours a little different than I made mine. Oh. Oh, cinnamon. Nope. No cinnamon? Nope. Tastes like apples. Nope. Oh, my God. I'm bad at this. My God. (laughs) You are experiencing the full sensation of fall in your mouth, though. Yes, totally. And so you Cinnamon, apples, yes. I mean, it's kind of like when you eat pumpkin spice and you're like, oh, it's like pumpkin. Yeah. But there's no pumpkin. There's no pumpkin in pumpkin spice. (laughs) Where does the pumpkin come from? It doesn't. They just call it pumpkin spice. Maybe they're not even real. Pumpkins? What if they're just big orange turnips? Pumpkins are real. Oh, shit. Okay, seriously, what's in this cocktail? Okay, new fall cocktail. I am going to coin it. Patrick's pee-pee, because it's got pumpkin and pear. Oh, my God. Is that okay? No, it's not. Damn. (laughs) I don't have a good name for it. I'm thinking maybe Pear Passion. Pear Passion? Yeah. How about a drink that makes you fall down? That's way too long. <laughs> okay, so, okay, but well, there's pear in it. There is. There's okay. pumpkin in it. So we're going to get a little bit more fancy with this cocktail, but... Yeah, you have been perfecting this for weeks. I, I have been. This it's, is even a different version from what you made like two weeks ago. It is because I had to perfect it. I had to razzle dazzle. You even had like a taste, a taste audience. You made it for my family. I had a bunch of people that didn't really want to taste it, and then I said, "Taste it," <laughs> and then they tasted it, and they were like, eh. and I was like, sure, "Really good." Your biggest fan <laughs> of the cocktail was Mom's boyfriend. That's true. He loved yeah, it. Yeah, he really. And did. I made it even better this time. All right, so. Audience members, hello. <laughs> I am Potion Patrick from the grave. Stop. <laughs> All right. You think about cocktails, you don't think about breaking out the saucepans. But let me tell you, I really real, don't. There's real simple things you can do with a saucepan, and it makes the cocktail crank it up to an October cocktail. Hey. Or other months, because there's a lot more than that one. Oh. oh. But. <laughs> Were you trying to say crank it up to 11, but then you remembered October is the 10th month? I don't like to say... Oh, no. All the way up to 10. All the way up to... It would be a november No, All right, let's go back. 
let's go back. I just didn't want to say 11 because everybody says that. And yeah, we've seen Spinal Tap get over it. It was like We are ago. like four minutes into this and we still haven't explained the ingredients. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you drink this amazing cocktail, this... you know, flubbity <laughs> in your mind. All right. But really, you know, all right. Little fancy, a little bit of fancy cooking here, but it's actually quite simple. So for those of you at home that have never made simple syrup, there's nothing easier. Don't buy simple syrup at the store. All simple syrup is, is one part sugar with one part water. It's a very common ingredient. So like one cup of sugar and one cup of water. Boom. In the saucepan. Boom. Heat it up. You could just heat up the water till it's almost boiling. Take it off, put the sugar in, stir it till it dissolves. And simple syrup is used in a crap ton of cocktails. I mean, yeah. you've got it in... Daiquiris, mm-hmm. other things. Oh, you could re- it totally left. I saw the moment it left your brain. You were like, "It's in everything," and then it went like poof. It is, and you can make a more concentrated simple syrup by doing two parts sugar to one part water. Kind of makes it more syrupy and less watery. But mm. the simple syrup's real easy. So this cocktail uses simple syrup, a, a variation of simple syrup. Oh, fancy! So in this one, because it's fall time, we need to think about fall flavors. So the syrup that I made for this cocktail is actually made from maple syrup. Oh. So you can really use any kind of sweetness and balance it out with water to get a sugary liquid. So that way you're not just pouring straight up maple syrup in your cocktail. Right. You wouldn't want to do that because when you shake something like maple it'll syrup. It'll get all stringy. It'll get stringy. It'll it'll harden. It'll crystallize. And oh, it'll actually yeah, stick to the inside of your shaker. And then you're not getting that flavor into your drink. Oh if you're using like a really high quality maple syrup, um, I've noticed that really high quality maple syrups tend to be a little bit thinner. Um, if you get like, um, if you get like kind of the more bottom or medium shelf uh, maple syrups, they're much, much thicker. And I think that's usually because they, they use corn syrup in them and the corn syrup kind of tends to thicken things up. Do you have a recommended maple syrup? So the recipe that I based this off of, we have online and we can post a link to that in your Instagram. But the person that wrote in this blog, their recipe, um, for the simple syrup, for the maple syrup. I don't remember the name of it. We're going to have to just post on the Instagram. Yeah. What she had recommended was actually using a lesser quality maple syrup. But I used a higher quality maple syrup because I like maple syrup and I like high quality maple syrup. Boom, there you go. Our pancake mornings are amazing. You know, another fall flavor, pear. So I actually (gasps) use. I never think about pear. I know, pears. You know, you don't think about pears being a fall thing because you don't really serve it at Thanksgiving. No. You know, it's not. And like. October, it's all about the pumpkins. Right, it's all about pumpkins. And pears kind of get overshadowed, but pears are everywhere. And this uses Bosque pears, which I found to be kind of the best pear for this. Bosque pears, for those of you that don't know, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, um, they are the ones that are like brown. Uh, they're very tiny. They're like the smallest pears. Oh, the ones that are photographed all the time. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they're not like the standard ones. Like, the I guess the standard are the you, grand. That the look greens, like you yeah. eat, but the little baby brown ones are the ones everybody photographs the round, you know. Yeah. You know those like little Ann Gettys baby photos with the cornucopia? Right. They put the little brown pears. Right. And you just dangle the pear in front of the baby and you're like, there's a pear. There's a pear little Whoa. <laughs> you're very aggressive about babies. <laughs> Okay, um, so but these adorable little brown pears are in this drink. That's right. And so basically, all right, let's let's take oh, let's take a step back. I'm getting a little bit excited. Yeah, but where's the pear? There cuz there's no like mushy in this. No. So so to make a simple syrup for this drink, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take 3 bosque pears, 
cut them up into pieces. Just make sure to like remove just the pits. Yep. Okay. Cut them up into small pieces. You cut them up like you do to... an apple. Yeah. Like you don't want the core in there. Or a carrot. Carrots don't have cores. <laughs> That's true. How many of these have you had already? <laughs> anyway. Yes, you can cut it up like an apple. Just don't put the seeds in it. Yeah. Like you would an apple. Right. You're going to cut up three pears, and you're going to put the pears into three quarters of a cup of maple syrup. Okay. That's what I did. And then you're going to put that on the stove and bring the syrup up to heat. So just make it so that way the simple syrup is like kind of starting to bubble bubble. And then that's when I added cloves. You're going to add about a tablespoon of whole cloves along with one and three quarter cup of water. Okay. Um, I Third tried cup, three quarter cup of maple syrup mm -hmm. and three little pears and one and three quarter cup of water. Correct. And a tablespoon of whole cloves. Okay. And what you're going to do is unlike, so remember that little, little recipe I just told you about simple syrup, right? You're heating up the water, removing it, adding sugar, letting it dissolve. Why are we cooking this with so much more water? One and three quarter cup of water to three quarter cup maple syrup. Yeah. It's because you're actually going to let it boil on the stovetop for 25 minutes. And the reason why you're going to do that is because you need to get that pear flavor. Soft, yeah. Yeah, soft. And you need to get the pear flavor infused into the syrup. Got you. So whenever you're making a simple syrup, you really want the flavors of something to infuse into it. Uh, you'll want to boil it, which means adding a little bit more water to kind of help because um, you're, you're going to have some evaporation sure. coming from those things. A lot of times things uh, can be really subtle. Uh, for example, you could do like one really simple thing you can do to simple syrup just to make it taste really nice is when you have simple syrup cooked, you put it in a jar, you put it in your vessel. You can actually just add like a grapefruit rind to it. And you could just let it sit as it cools and then pull the grapefruit rind out. Kind of adds like an extra dimension to it. But since we're adding pear, we're going to boil it off. So you're going to bring that up to a simmer and you're going to let it simmer for 25 minutes. At that point, what I actually did was I took out a masher and then I mashed the pear, let it sit to cool, and then you strain it. Okay. Into a glass. So there's your maple syrup simple syrup and that's the base of this cocktail yeah that's the most complicated part of the cocktail okay good because i'm thirsty <laughs> what else is in this thing alcohol at some point i hope so <laughs> so there is okay so then when you actually are ready to make your cocktail you're gonna do one ounce maple syrup syrup one ounce maple simple syrup simple maple syrup simple maple syrup i like simple maple syrup SMS. Oh, you're gonna send one a ounce, text message. You're gonna send one <laughs> ounce of an SMS <laughs> to your glass, <laughs> and then you're going to do one ounce of ruby red grapefruit. You can use regular grapefruit, but it's ruby red time. Ruby red time is fall time. Okay. When the fall comes, you use. So this ruby is reds. like a fall ingredients only. Yeah. This man. is exclusive. What do you think this is? I'm just okay. Anyway. Ruby red grapefruit and your SMS text message. And your <laughs> SMS, your one ounce of ruby red grapefruit juice, and it's time for a little razzle-dazzle. The you alcohol. Some, you got some choices. Oh, there's choices? The standard way to make this, I'm going to call it this, this the quote-unquote standard way, is going to be with two ounces of gin. So that's the way he made it for me. That's the way I made it for you. Two ounces of gin. It's going to be the way to make it standard, shaken, poured over ice. You can garnish with a ruby red grapefruit peel. That's a great way to garnish it. 
but there's a little bit of extra little boo-boo-boo at the end. God, I got a lot of these little boo-boo-doo-boo-doos that I'm doing today. That's how, is that, do I do that when I'm drunk? Do I go like, boo boo doo doo Yes, you do. Little, so now you have just admitted to the audience you're drunk. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> what you're going to do is you're going to pour it over ice into a glass and we've got one more ingredient. Now this last ingredient is optional. I do recommend at this point that you taste the drink and allow yourself to kind of decide how much further you want to go. But you can kick it up a notch by adding one ounce of pumpkin beer, <gasps> pumpkin ale. Oh, one ounce that's pumpkin the point. ale. Okay, a little bit, a little bit of extra kick. You don't have to shake it with everything. I haven't tried that. Well, I think you get a bunch of bubbles and overflow and shit. That's that's what I've been thinking. I think that's you why just I wanted this like a floater. Because if you shake beer with alcohol, you're basically flattening. No one shakes the beer. a gin and tonic. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's only an ounce, but I don't think you'd want to shake it with it. That's why I've been pouring it on top. So yeah. what you do is you do an ounce of pumpkin beer, and you're going to pour it on top. Boom. There you go. What pumpkin beer do you like? Um, I- I'm a big fan of the pumpkin. Um, that's kind of one of the more popular. It's an imperial one. Who makes that? I think it's Southern Tier. Okay. I actually used uh, Sam Adams pumpkin beer. They're Jacko. Uh, that's a great one. Fun. to use uh you know it really any american kind of, any kind of yeah any <laughs> kind of pumpkin beer you want to use is going to be great you want to change it up though two things you can do first thing uh bourbon works really well instead of gin oh very american bourbon's actually going to make this a little bit sweeter and a little bit heavier so i'd recommend maybe if you're drinking in the middle of the day use the gin drinking twilight in the evening you'll switch over to whiskey i have actually found that scotch works surprisingly well on this drink. I have had a few of those. Scotch, blended scotch, not single malt, stick with the blends, works incredible on this drink. And I love a cocktail where you can actually use scotch. Yeah, there are not many of them. No, there isn't. But blended scotch tends to have a lot of caramel overtones, mm-hmm. and those caramel flavors come out like a motherfucker. Oh, that's in this perfect. Cocktail. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Cool. Well, cheers. Cheers. Over. And drink responsibly, everybody. You can also serve this up. You're just having it without ice at that point. It's not going to be any more watered down. I think up would be just fine. Mm. But that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Enjoy your Patrick's PP. Nope. I don't. We don't have a name for it. Damn. We really should come up with a name. That's the hardest part. Maybe the name will be a surprise on the Instagram. That sounds good. All right, V, can I stick around? Yeah. Sweet. These are the things we're going to talk about today. Our topics today are pumpkin spice and everything nice and basic about oh, yeah. October. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, v and P get haunted in America. Mm. And what the fuck is Samhain? What is Samhain? Well, that's the last topic, so we're not going to talk about that first. Sounds great. But first, we're going to talk about pumpkin spice. Let's do it. Okay. There it is. So, pumpkin spice is around everywhere. All right. You can get it at the grocery store. You can get it at the grocery store, or you can just mix a bunch of spices you already have together and save yourself a couple bucks. Right. For me, it's something I love to hate it, but I love it at the same time. It works sometimes, and it doesn't work other times. Yeah. Like, I saw a sign at the auto shop that says, pumpkin spice brake pads are back. I remember that. Yeah. You looked at me, and you were like, so wait, does that mean when you brake, it It smells like pumpkin spice? And I was just laughing. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that that's a real thing. My brain broke in that moment because <laughs> just pumpkin spice is fucking everywhere. 
<sighs> like, everywhere. I blame Starbucks. Starbucks is the thing that started Pumpkin Spice, and I actually yeah. read an article that, like, the reason Pumpkin Spice blew up is because Starbucks was like, this is exclusive. This is an exclusive fall thing because right. pumpkins only grow in the fall, which I found that out. Um, pumpkins, you plant them at the end of May or mm-hmm. beginning of June. They take, like, three or four months, so that's why you only find them in October. Mm. Mm-hmm. But Pumpkin Spice usually doesn't have pumpkin in it. Nope. Nope. So you can make it year-round. Why don't we make it in fall? Why don't we make it? Why don't we make it in June? You could really have it any time. I mean, I mean cinnamon, could. cloves, nutmeg, ginger—those are the things that are typically in pumpkin spice. Yeah, don't be a don't be a robot. Mm-hmm. Just by, eat it when you want to. By the way, you guys, Starbucks is—they're not the worst company in the world, but like, buy from your local freaking coffee shop. Make friends at your local coffee shop. I don't think we have to like badmouth Starbucks to even say that because yeah, you should support your local coffee shop but if you don't have a local coffee shop starbucks will do too all i'm they saying pay their people well and they go they get to go to school and they, stuff that's true yeah they're not a bad company but they huh. also teamed up with nestle who is a bad company all right let's get back to <laughs> just st- shop local i'm just saying we have a starbucks near our apartment but there's also two other local coffee shops and we've lived here over a year and guess what how many times i've been to that starbucks four zero three zero four zero <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then you've also got, have you guys heard? You got Kraft Dinner, now that what? they make pumpkin spice Kraft Dinner. What? And I've like heard mac that the and boxes, cheese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call it they call Kraft Dinner, Kraft Dinner in Canada. You make, no, no, no. You make the macaroni and cheese, and then it comes with a pumpkin spice packet, and you sprinkle it. What? And I think that the Kraft box comes with a coffee mug cutout. So you can actually take a cardboard coffee mug Wait. and put macaroni in it and then sprinkle it. So you can sip no. your macaroni and cheese. No. Make it extra cheesy. Seriously, is this a real thing? Yes, it is. It's only available in Canada, I believe. But it's, yeah, you can go online and look it up. Uh, it's like just a whole new level of gross. I might have to get it. No. Sip it. I will not allow this in my house. <laughs> Hell no. You can go eat it outside in the park. I That sounds lovely. Yeah. And I will feed the ducks that aren't there they're, anymore. They're in... What are you talking about? We don't live here. Because they've flown south for the winter. We're in the south. I thought they went to, to Mexico. No, you need to stop. I'm pretty sure they're... <laughs> No. <laughs> no. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, back to pumpkin spice. Mm. Which is a spice you can literally buy. Pump, like, McCormick, I think, makes a pumpkin spice. But you could just... You don't have to throw brand names out there. You can shame all these other brands. Kraft, Starbucks, McCormick. Oh, shit. Yeah. We are in deep. Yeah. We're I'd s- like sponsorship, We're please. about to get sued or sponsored. That's a fine line. <laughs> all right but the spices so i looked up there is an excellent account i follow on instagram uh dergatus alanduriel and has information on all of these spices what is it dergatus alanduriel say that three times fast dergatus alanduriel dergatus nope i'm pretty sure you just summoned a demon in our house no he's a good witch what's his name dergatus alanduriel love it Real witch. Real amazing. Cool. Love his account. 
Okay, we went on a long tangent that I just had to edit the fuck out. Uh, Der Goddess Alan Duriel on can't Instagram. Put that in. You have to edit that part out. No, I'm not. <laughs> they know All right. that editing happens. Who's this guy? Okay, on Instagram, has written an amazing book called A Little Work that I need for Christmas, by the way, please and thank you. But has shared a lot of information on the spices that are commonly in pumpkin spice, nutmeg, ginger, and cloves, which attract money and healing while also settling the stomach. So that's nice for mm. your tummy. And then cinnamon, which is the big one. Cinnamon is always the one. And that helps Thinks to... Thinks it's so fucking smug and smarter than everybody else. Cinnamon is amazing. Shit. Cinnamon, you are not the winner, man. That's our fourth. Applejacks. Yep. That's the fourth one. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> Just kidding. Cinnamon increases psychic ability and abundance. Um, but I actually have a theory about these spices as well, because they're all supposed to help set settle the stomach and the digestive sy system. And I'm leaving the coffee bit out of this because let's just face it, as wonderful as coffee is, it's not easy on the tummy. Nah, it'll make you shit you all over yourself. Yeah, not great. Right. Not great. Um, but the stomach is actually the area of the solar plexus chakra of your body. Um, and the, sol the a chakra is an energy center, but the solar plexus chakra is the yellow center of energy just above your belly button. And it's the area of confidence and determination. And you want spices that activate and heal that area, right? So pumpkin spice, in my humble theory, is amazing for your solar plexus chakra. Is that why they call people a yellow belly? Yellow like belly if you're a means coward, you're a coward. Yellow belly? Like your chakra's too bright, so it's shining Then you would be confident. No, you would be confident if your chakra was super activated. I don't know if it's connected. No, it's not. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, because we can't get enough of pumpkin spice in North America, maybe all over the world, I don't really know. Job, tell me how you like pumpkin spice in England. Is that a thing over there? Job was my guest on my last episode. I don't think he can hear you. He's, if he's listening to the podcast, he oh, can. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can comment on the Instagram or let me know. Really, any if any, I think if any listeners uh, in any other countries have any insight on, on pumpkin spice, I'd be really curious. I would know. really love to know how y'all feel about pumpkin spice. I've, yeah, I've always felt like that's a very American thing. But Starbucks's are also all over the world, right? Exactly. At this point, but uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's a weird one. But anyway, um, I feel like we want so much pumpkin spice latte because all of those things activate our solar plexus chakra, and we feel amazing. So that's why we want to drink more pumpkin spice. Or consume pumpkin spice. Or smell pumpkin spice. I think people just like it. No, I know. <laughs> I was just trying to connect it to a different witchy topic. But yeah, the other we think we talked about this earlier. There's not pumpkin in pumpkin spice. It's just call I guess because those are spices in a pumpkin pie, so it makes you think pumpkin pie. But you, uh, yeah, I think the flavors of pumpkin kind of encapsulate those things. Well, I mean a lot of it is like smell as opposed to taste. Yeah. I've, like, tasted cinnamon, and it's really more of a smell mm -hmm. than anything else. And all of those flavors, honestly. But there's no pumpkin in it. Nope. Nope. So, what the fuck is pumpkin good for? Uh, pumpkin is good for carving. Yep. It's good for... Pies. Pies. It's good for... But the pumpkins that we carve, I don't think it's the one people really eat. I don't 
don't know about that, but I do know where jack-o'-lanterns come from. This is the worst segue in the history of segues, though. That's fine. Okay. I can make it better for you. Are you just going to tell a really bad jack-o'-lantern joke? I don't know, Jack, about whether or not pumpkins are used for cooking. Oh! They totally are because of pumpkin pie. We already talked about that. Also... No, this is your segment. Yes. (laughs) This is awful. This is awful. (laughs) Okay, so jack-o'-lanterns actually comes from an Irish legend, the legend of Stingy Jack. All right, Stingy Jack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stingy Jack invites the devil to have a drink with him. And true to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink. He convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin so Jack could buy the drinks. But Jack doesn't use the coin to pay the to buy the drinks. He puts it in his pocket and he puts a cross next to it so the devil can't escape his pocket. And then he makes a deal with the devil that... He will not take his soul into hell when he dies, but he'll release the devil because the devil's been trapped in his nasty pocket for like a year. All right. So Jack dies and God is like, well, you're an asshole. I'm not letting you into heaven. And so Jack goes to the devil and the devil's like, well, you may, you may be promised not to take you into hell. So Jack's spirit is just floating around. So he just starts inhabiting these like carved out turnips. Hmm. And so people started carving in little faces into the turnips. So he would like go into and light them up. So he's Jack of the Lantern. Jack of the Lantern. Okay. When people started coming to the United States or what will become the United States, um, pumpkins are actually native to Mexico and they were starting to grow into America. And so they were using pumpkins because they're. I don't know if they're easier to carve. I've never carved a turnip. I wouldn't want to. They're pretty fucking hard. Really? Yes, they're extremely hard. I don't think I've ever even seen a turnip, like, for real. What does that say about me? Uh, that you're a city girl? I don't know. <laughs> Is it like Dwight Schrute and his beads? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, turnips are very, very hard. And they're small. Mm. I mean, they're not very big. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got a pumpkin. It's nice and soft. It's big. I feel it, like pumpkins it's... are still pretty hard. Well, their outsides are, but once you get into them, they're oh, not yeah, so they bad. Are, and plus, turnips are hard all the way through. They're like carrots. Oh. So hollowing them out can be a pain in the ass. Ah. But with a pumpkin, you've got that big open cavity in there. You get you reach down into the guts with your hands. You start it is, scooping it out, and it, it's gross. It's but It's super kind of visceral. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that's why we like it too at Halloween because it's just like, ooh, it's so oh spooky. Oh my gosh, you're totally right. It's like guts. Yeah, it's like guts. Yeah. You know what I learned? about pumpkins which is kind of weird what so i thought that the reason why we consume them was because we got to eat them during the fall because you can't really store them anywhere that's what i thought i was like well must be because they're so fleshy and if you ever carved a pumpkin and left it on your stoop you see how fast it rots that thing rots but i found out pumpkins actually keep for a damn long time really so what farmers actually do is they uh when they cut a a pumpkin off of the vine they actually leave it for a period of 10 to 14 days to uh further ripen um i don't okay. remember the right term they said but i feel like that that works though for our purposes and what they what happens in that 10 to 14 days is the outer hull of the pumpkin gets harder and the stem will cure itself because you know when you cut a pumpkin stem you have to cut it off of the vine if you ever see pumpkins at your local pumpkin patch when you go to buy them you might notice that their stems are they come to a point yeah but that's never that's not because that just happens it's because the pumpkin stem is actually 
cured itself from oh. being cut. Once that happens... You mean happens, like healed it? Like self-healed? Yes. Oh, cool! But once that happens, once the pumpkin's through that cured phase, that 10 to 14 days, it'll stay good for up to a year. You can, you can come back to that pumpkin a year later. As long as it's kept in, like, room temperature conditions, it won't go back. So, like, if you don't cut in and make a jack-o'-lantern, but you buy a pumpkin... You yeah. could save it for next Halloween. I don't know if it would work in like a typical home in a house. You've got a lot of bacteria in the air, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, for a farmer to keep it in a in a in a good conditioned environment. Yes, they'll actually keep for a long time. Huh. It's really the only kind of thing that we respect seasonally because we associate it with October and Halloween so much. Yeah, We're really bad about not respecting the seasonality of fruits and vegetables. Well, I think we just take stuff for granted, right? Yeah, I mean, like an onion's always going to be there. Right. We or, always assume that. Or an but apple like, or a berry. You can't grow onions in December in Idaho. It's not going to happen. So, like, when you're eating an onion in January by buying it from your local supermarket. It's from, like, June. Right. And that's taken a lot of work for it to be stored and properly harvested and shipped around and all that stuff. We've been trained to eat everything out of season. Yeah. Kind of weird. Pomegranates too. Pomegranates I only see seasonally as well. Yeah, I think those are there's a few there's a few vegetables that really only pop up seasonally. It's but. really yeah, it's like pomegranates and yeah. and the and the gourds. The gourds are really very much fall time. But I guess too, I think by the time fall ends, people are usually pretty sick of pumpkin. Kind of seems to be. The I feel case. like you could have gr- you could have great soups from gourds in the winter time though if you preserve them correctly, like pu- like nice yeah. thick soups. Yeah, that's true. We didn't do research for this part. We're just speculating. We're just, yeah, we're just... We're just throwing out. stuff. Also, we live in Florida where it doesn't get that cold, so we don't really know much about soup either. <laughs> I actually really like soup. It's just not really something we eat a lot. No, I agree. One time soup we made, like, a fish stew in, in, like, the middle of July, and it was the worst thing I think we ever made. It yeah, was delicious. It's better when it's hot. But we were dying. It was so hot. So that's all we have about the basic fruits and pumpkin spice stuff in October. Next... VMP get haunted in America. Because oh. we have been to some haunted cities. We've been to St. Augustine, which is one of the oldest, actually the oldest city in North America. But I don't have a good haunting story for that place, do you? Mm. We haven't really experienced a lot of hauntings in St. Augustine as there's many a lot times of really great. Th- yeah, there's a lot of great things here that we like, but I've never had an experience yeah we've been on a ghost tour we've been to several haunted places we've been to cemeteries and things we got married there we've been there like 10 times at least the other city that we've been to that's super haunted is savannah do you have any hauntings in savannah no i did not sleep well when we stayed there i think the most haunting that i had we went on that haunted pub crawl and i kept trying to take pictures and i saw orbs flying all around just dust no, it was real. Like, I was looking at it on, through my phone. Like, not took a picture and saw an orb, like, watching the orbs fly around through my phone lens. It's just dust. There was no air conditioner in that place. There was nothing blowing anything around. All right. I promise. It was it was zooming around the room. Okay. The place we did get haunted was South Carolina. Charleston Old Jail. Yeah, the old jail is pretty weird. Super scary. So pretty wacky. You all may have heard of a woman who was imprisoned there called Luvenia Fisher, and she was supposedly the wife of the devil. Um, and she's like, they went to this jail on like a ghost hunting show and tried to talk to Luvenia, and apparently she answered them. But, well, you should tell your story first thing, because I think Luvenia haunted you. 
Yeah, I don't really know what that was. It was just a it was just a brief experience. Theatrics. Make it scary. No, no, no. I gotta be the skeptical boy. Oh boy, it's no fun. <laughs> this is gonna be my story. If you want to interpret it as me being an idiot, or if there's actually a ghost, then leave it up to you and the audience. Okay, so we were at a room at the very top of one of the uh, one of the little tower areas, because in the jail there's kind of like some. There's just a second floor. So we were in the second. We, there we go. We were in the second we were floor. Second floor. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember in this particular area, you know, we went up to the second floor. And there was like a room on the left and a room on the right. And then you go back down. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to walk down these hallways and through these areas. It was just like a tower and there's with no, like a couple of rooms at the top. There, yeah. And there's like no, it's this just big building and there's, you know, um, big open rooms with jail cells. And then there's like mm -hmm. officer's quarters in the bottom. But they only, they have a few exit lights, but there's no other organic light. Like the no. tour guide had a flashlight and it was super spooky. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was actually a really cool area to walk around in. Um, and, and they had this area. And I remember the whole time you were like, you know, oh, I feel cold in this room. And he's like, you know, I, you know, I have my own story to tell. I have my own story to tell. No, let me tell my own story. So we did that. We went up to the top and we went into the room, looked around. And then it was like, all right, you know, if you turn around and go back downstairs, we'll go to the next area. Final problem. So I walk out of the room and the stairs are to my right. And I look to my left and there was an old wheelchair, mm -hmm. which was strange. And I mean, I, I think it's wheelchairs are kind of cool and they're kind of spooky. And yeah, I played Silent Hill when I was, you know, and I was a teenager. So I'm used to the spooking wheelchairs that are like laying around places. And this wheelchair looked like it. It maybe it was original in the in the jailhouse, but it was kind of placed in such a way where it was kind of like maybe somebody put it there from the tour to make it spooky. Because it was like it was like why would you put a wheelchair within visual distance? Yeah, because also this jailhouse it. had been out of commission for like decades. Right, so it was like clearly you know it was a prop. Yeah, at the end of the day, to be spooky. So that's what I thought. I, I came up and I was like, oh, look at this cool wheelchair and. I remember, like, you were behind me, and I was like, cool, look at this wheelchair. And I was like, I should sit in it, right? And I was like, oh, I should sit in this wheelchair. And I was a little drunk. And you were like, no, I think you said, like, no, sweetie, don't do that. And you turned around and walked away, right? I think it's what actually happened. You turned around and you walked away, but I didn't realize that in that moment. And I was like, you think I should? And you were, like, laughing. And you were like, yeah, go ahead, sit in it. And I was like, cool, I'm going to do that. And I walked up to try and sit in the wheelchair, and the tour guide kind of like took a few steps forward and he just put his hand on my shoulder and he was like don't and it was kind of like like hey i'm a tour guide don't be don't be doing this but it, he also kind of looked a little freaked out like he kind of was like giving me this look like that he was kind of scared and he was just like don't don't and i kind of chuckled because i was like oh i'm being goofy and kind of silly and i look back to you because i felt you over my shoulder and you weren't there and I realized that, like, people in the group were trying to walk down the stairs and looking over at me really weirdly. And I walked down the stairs, and you were way ahead of me. I don't even know if you had... Did you actually even tell me to sit in the chair or to not do it? No. I'm pretty sure you told me to not sit in the chair. I think I did when we first approached it. But right. we went into the room to the left of it and then came back out. Right. And that was when I went down the stairs. So you weren't even there the second time. No, not at all. That's a weird thing. There was a girl over my shoulder 
who was like your height. She had brunette hair. And this girl, Lavinia, did. There's a few pictures of yes. her. She was pretty much your height. And she had brunette hair. And she was, whoever this girl was that I was seeing was being a little tricksy with me. She was mm. like, yeah, like sit in the chair, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. Maybe there's a trap in that chair. Ooh. <laughs> well, we went downstairs. Actually, this is a good chronological order because we all went right. downstairs and we go into the warden's office. We're all standing in a big circle and the tour guide is telling the story of this horrible, awful warden who mm. used to beat up prisoners and he was always had a cigar. He would take his cigar and he would burn it into the prisoners' backs, like into their skin and stuff. And we're standing there. This is February. So it's like 60, 50 or 60 degrees outside, even in, in South Carolina. Again, there's not a lot of electricity in this building and there's definitely no like heating or cooling system. So we're standing there and I am getting hot. It felt like, you know, when I've been sick and had a fever and I'm standing there, you're standing behind me. And I thought that you were really close to me because you have a lot of body heat. Mm -hmm. And I thought you were really close to me. And, but I was just like, I'm like, back up. I think I whispered to you at one point, back up. And you were way behind me. You were like at least a whole foot away from me. Like not close enough for me to feel your body heat. The guy's telling the story about the warden and I'm like burning up. And I like take my jacket off at one point. Like I'm trying to be like cool about it. But, but yeah, and it was just a really subtle thing, but it was just, you know, I got really hot. And then the minute we left that room, my body temperature returned to normal. Mm. It's not that spooky. <laughs> well, you know, and stuff like that too, you know, I wonder if you're, you're hearing these stories about this dude who used to do this. And I wonder if in those moments you're just kind of being emotionally empathetic with what you're hearing. And I think that there's kind of a, there's kind of a magic to that even too, right? You're in this room and they're like, you know, this is where the heat happened and you're feeling that heat and um, that's kind of a magical way to think almost, you know? Yeah. So our last subject today is, uh, the, basically the Irish name for Halloween. So I'm going to show you this word and I want you to try and pronounce it. Samhain. Samhain. It's pronounced Samhain. Mm, that's intense. Yes. That's because it's Irish. When you put an H next to another consonant, it uh -huh. makes a totally different sound. Well, that's pretty cool. So that's kind of like a T and an H, and then the, it's a th instead of a t instead of a h a t a t a t. <laughs> anyway, Samhain. It literally means summer's end, and it's halfway between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. Okay. Um, and it falls on October thirty first slash November first. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So it's a pagan holiday on All the right. wheel of the year. It's just like any other holiday which has big bonfires with sacrifices and things and probably orgies and, and all that good stuff are you sure they had orgies i'm pretty sure every pagan holiday has orgies every that's a qualification i guess i i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> sex magic is real <laughs> Samhain it was just a traditional celtic holiday and um i think the reason we don't have a lot of information about it i read that because the the romans came in of okay. course and changed everything with the Celts and uh, destroyed a lot of their literature. So there's like... Well, I think too, that, I mean, Samhain being a pagan holiday, I would assume that Christianity came in and tried to Christianize it. It's but, done that with a lot of stuff. Right. Yeah. But I mean, how do you take a day 
dedicated to the bridge of the living and the dead. Right. And Christianize it. So what happened was in... So this is kind of a winding history of Samhain because, Mm. of course, they're, like, trying to make the pagans not do pagan things. The Christians come in and are just like, don't do that. It's not cool. Mm -hmm. Pagans are like, we were fine before you got here. We were developing just... We were having orgies. Yeah, we were having orgies. It was fine. Nobody needed to know who Timmy's dad was. And there was no STDs. We don't know that. (laughs) Again, because they destroyed all the writing. Oh, okay. (laughs) In 1609, Pope Boniface... Or Boniface... I don't know. Boniface. Boniface... Whatever. How do you spell that? B-O-N-I-F-A-C-E. I'm going to say Boniface. 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 We're going to say Boniface. Boniface. We spent way too long on the word Boniface now. Okay. Pope Boniface IV, which I forgot to add. Oh, shit. Yeah, I know. There's four dudes. Four generations. Of Boniface. Of mispronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) So, in 1609, he declared a celebration called All Saints Day. Or all, oh, that's right. or all Hallows in mm. Old English. Okay. And the day before was All Hallows Eve. So that kind of makes sense because all the saints are dead. Right. So if we're going to celebrate the dead, let's celebrate the religious leaders. Here's the, the twist, dead. though. Okay. You put this holiday on May 13th. It's not smart, Boniface. No. That's too far away. What was smart? Pope Gregory Third. Yay for Gregory. Moved All Saints Day to November 1st to coincide with Samhain to appease the pagans. To appease them. To appease them. Thank you for putting your holiday exactly where our holiday is. That's also, that's what Easter and, (laughs) that's why Yule and Christmas are together and Easter is always on a different day because it follows a pagan calendar, not a real calendar. What I always heard was that the Christians made these holidays to take people away from celebrating on that day. Correct. So it's like, okay, the pagans across the street are celebrating All Hallows Eve, but over here, All Saints Day, you gotta come, you gotta come do our thing because you want to go to heaven, right? It's kind of like, hey, we're having a party that day too. Why don't you come to our non-orgy right. party? Exactly. Why don't we uh, put paper masks on and we'll give you candy? I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of smart. I get it. Yeah. I think it's a great. They did idea. that with every. They did that. They've done that with. Lots of holidays. And the yeah, corporations do that all the time, too. Yeah, you know, like, the day before Beltane, Walpurgis Night is based on St. Walpurga. hmm But it's actually a pagan holiday that I don't remember the name of right now. But mm-hmm. Beltane Eve, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I- I'll do more research when that holiday comes. And cool. we'll talk about that at that time. But that's what the fuck is Samhain. Cool. You know, just another Christianized... Well, no, Samhain is the pagan holiday. Right. It's real. But, but now it's known as Halloween, Hall Hallows Eve. That's the Christianized version. Christianized version. You know where you And get... nowadays, a lot of Christians don't really... I don't think a lot of Christians really take Halloween seriously. I mean, it's not like a... It's uh, not a super religious holiday at all. It's not religious. No, I don't think it's... No, I mean, when I grew up Christian, that was not a thing. Right. Halloween's Halloween, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's cultural. Yep. If anything. I've actually heard people that are European or from different places, they don't... They don't get Halloween because it's like it's an American thing in a lot of ways. Mm. So cool. Thanks again, for the history lesson. Again, Ooh. international listeners, please weigh in in regards to Halloween. I would love to know. And pumpkin spice. <laughs> Are we just American idiots? 
And then Green Day was right. Patrick, thanks for being my guest. Hey, this was a good oh, time. Oh, I, I have one more question for you. Oh, okay, all right. What you got? What is your favorite spooka movie? Mm, my favorite scary movie. Spooka movie. What's the difference between a spookum and a scarum? The way I say it. <laughs> I feel like I've watched The Thing. Oh, and it's always yeah. been really good. John Carpenter version has always blown me away. Although I, I, I don't know if I don't know if this movie qualifies as like a scary movie, but I like They Live too. Like kind of a little bit more actiony, but They Live is like an existential horror. I think for real. Um, is that the one where he says, "I came here to kick ass and chew gum and I'm all out of gum"? Yeah, he says that when he goes into the bank. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is your favorite spooky. I movie. think so. What about you? Blair Witch Project. That's a good one. It's really scary. It's very scary because I remember when I went to go watch it for the first time because when I was younger, I used to imagine things that were way scarier than the movie would be. And I used to read, for all the Paranormal Activity movies, I read the Wikipedia summary before I watched it so I would know what was going to happen. And they were still really scary. But my brother had seen the Blair Witch Project before I did. And I was like, going to gather up my courage and I was going to watch it during the daytime with a few of my closest friends so that way I didn't get really scared. Which turns out is the worst way to watch The Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. But my brother told me it's only scary if you think it could really happen. And it's a movie about a bunch of kids getting horrifyingly lost in the woods. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the embodiment of horror, right? I agree. Nah, because that, like, it could really happen. There's not, like, you know, it's not really... Well, if you haven't seen Blair Witch Project, you should probably stop listening now. And thank you for listening. But Blair Witch Project. If you haven't seen that yet, get with the program. It's so good. It came out of like 1996. It was the first handy cam like horror movie. That I love out. found footage horror because it. I think you like Cloverfield a lot too. Cloverfield is also one of my favorites, but it's more science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Pretty well, this scary isn't a movie stuff. podcast. But it yeah. isn't a movie podcast, but Blair Witch Project. I love it. Existential. It's a good one. You know, it's just very stressful in a very real way. So. Mm. But those, okay, so enjoy Halloween and enjoy the cocktail that is yet to be named. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Drink responsibly. Cool. And we'll see you in a few weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mystical Millennial. Podcast art is by Asgard Merman. Music by Russell Beard. Mixologist and editor, Patrick Kuczynskis. And I'm your hostess. Terror reader, glamour witch, mystical millennial, V. Kusinskis. Find pictures of today's episode and book or reading on Instagram at mysticalmillennial.